You were. Uh, that's you good. You said man. you were late. You said you were ready. Totally you did. You did. Off to a great start. Blah, 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 blah. You messed up, uh, too. You were listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 146, side A. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Damien, and I am joined by Teddy the Electric Eel Goose. Are you ready to rock Cleveland? And Diamond Mark Whistlemaker. I'm ready to rock Cleveland. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to rock and roll here on side A and B. Now, on side A, we are going to talk about We Summon the Darkness, the new film available on Netflix, and the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Very thematic this week. We're very evil. So evil that we were evil. Yeah. It was the fruits of the devil. We're evil. Yeah, Halloween is not too close. Also not too far away, but everyone's getting a little worried about it. So you hear people talking about it. It's not too close, but not too far. Yeah, it's it's we're 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 on the cusp. It is almost pumpkin spice season. It already is, dude. Is it? I went to Duncan the other day. And they were like, would you like to try our pumpkin flavor? And I said, no, you're fucking nasty. And I drove away. You want a real kick in the balls, though? I was in the store the other day. They've already got Christmas shit out. I was mm. like, are you kidding? I guess I guess since we've all just decided collectively to skip Halloween and Thanksgiving, that just. they're just like, let's get, let's get a jump on Christmas. It. Let's just throw the Christmas shit out there. People will buy that. We're skipping Halloween and Thanksgiving. Hell no. I was like, what? I got my tickets today for that drive-up haunted house, the family version. I'm ready. Ready for Halloween. But I think the, these books are precursor to what – we got to figure out what we're doing for Halloween this year. As a podcast, we'll figure something out fun for you guys. Yes, we will. So you can trick-or-treat with us. Yes. So There will be tricks and treats to be had. Mm-hmm. This is a review show. We review stuff. Uh – I have some points to make about We Summon the Darkness that I'm going to spoil a lot of things, like all of it. So, for sure. Yeah. There's no way to talk about what I want to talk about without spoiling it. So, if you have not seen We Summon the Darkness, and I highly suggest that you watch it because I did enjoy it and it's something fun to watch, uh, you might want to stop this and then come back later. Southern Book Club, I could probably make a point on that one that without spoiling too much stuff, but. Don't get pissed off if we spoil things, or else uh, Jimmy will call you disgusting and drive away. Probably. I'm just that what you, that's that. what you did at Dunkin' Donuts? No, I was just like, no, thank you. Because I'm you, a you don't understand human the being. greatness. You, you don't understand the greatness that is Rob's pumpkin pie. 
Oh, I, don't, I love pie. pumpkin pie. Don't get me okay. wrong. I'm just not for making, you know, we have pumpkin flavored water. I'm like, no, like it doesn't have. I love pumpkin pie, dude. Okay, I, I do make a damn good pumpkin pie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having some. Literally the only reason I talk to him. Yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> once and a year. Understandably. <laughs> it's really the only reason he talks to himself for that pumpkin pie. Sometimes, anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on here. And maybe- Do you guys have any news to share? I have one little conversation. It's not really news. It could theoretically be a review. Okay. But we might as well just talk about it. Um, over yeah. the past two weeks, maybe three weeks, depends. I don't know exactly. Uh, the Avengers beta came out. Uh, it's mm, one of those games yeah. that they announced it. And, and look, I am not on the like video game news channels. Mm-hmm. I'm, I usually get a video game a year or two after it comes out, unless it's something that I'm like that's really on my radar. Yeah, but I've always found it fascinating how people freak out about new video games and freak out about not like they get mad at everything with video games. Oh, I was gonna say, don't you fucking judge me. <laughs> Like, like, you know, Jimmy and I, when we were working together in the same classroom, you would see like these events where they would talk about video games and the students would be up in arms like, I don't believe that they're doing this, blah, 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 like this. And I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it was when they announced like the Xbox one and stuff. But anyway, Mm. people get completely nuts. When I saw the first visuals for the Avengers as a comic fan, I was like, I understand they don't, they shouldn't make things look like Tony Stark or, uh. Uh, Morton, uh, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I said Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I, the rest of our movies are in the 80s, so it makes sense. That's but a, Robert Downey Jr. An and, interesting Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> Just chain, <laughs> chain smoking. <laughs> but uh, like I, I, I get that, because they would have to pay these people for their likeness. But it just didn't feel the same. Um, and I, then, you know time changed they made some changes and added some stuff and what what did you think of the beta you said you played it rob i did i i haven't played like the whole thing it do you know if it's only available during the weekend i'm not sure i haven't checked i yet. believe okay. right now it is okay I think I it's like the first i think it's like three weekends okay well no i think because a friend of mine tried to log in during the week and he said he couldn't get on okay so i think it's three weekends so i think last weekend was the second weekend maybe this past weekend, uh, the first weekend was exclusively for uh, PlayStation pre-purchases. The mm-hmm. second, the weekend that just passed was open PlayStation access and then people with Xbox, I think, and PC pre-purchases. Okay. And then next week, I think it'll be open for Xbox and it'll add Nintendo Switch, I think. Okay. But the i I played up to the point where you got to the war table and could get um multiplayer as an option okay I unfortunately did not get around to actually attempting multiplayer, which is something that I really wanted to do because that was that was really what I wanted to try with this game was the multiplayer but the gameplay has been supremely fun I've really enjoyed it who who's been your favorite character so far to play greg because i I'm sure you've played a couple of them by now i've played I played up until when you're the Hulk breaking through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got to the boss on that level. Oh, um, so you're still on the bridge. I was, well, in, no, no, no. I got into, no, I beat, I beat the boss on the bridge level. I was, I was the Hulk inside of the facility. Oh, okay. Okay. And like, there's a part where you kind of like go in a corridor and then you climb up and you kind of jump over the corridor. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I got to there. Okay. Uh, I really like the Hulk's mechanic of throwing the ground. I thought that was actually kind of fun. Yeah. I like that. Um, I really like the mechanic of Thor's hammer being able to hit two people on the way out and on the way back. I thought that was yeah. really fun. It took me a second to figure that out, too. I was like, oh, yeah. hey, there we go. So those those were really fun. The characters definitely seemed unique. I had a really hard time with the controls for Iron Man flying. Yeah, me too. It it didn't matter, but it was really strange that they switched the, the joysticks, and I hope that you can switch it the other way. But Jimmy, I don't know if you, you didn't play it, but um, to fly Iron Man around, right. you have to use the the joystick that you usually use to like look around so it's okay it's it's difficult i'm sure you'll be able to adjust it yeah um so I, i've but i am yeah, trying to think which character i like the best um i had a good time with uh black widow because she's a, a faster character but um there's every, all, all of them had their little moments she's a lot of fun i and you didn't get to play her yet but i actually kind of like miss marvel uh, that's actually where I stopped right at that cutscene. How many characters can you play as? Uh, uh, right now, it's Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, Black Widow, and Miss Marvel. Yeah. Okay. And one of the other, I, I think when you play multiplayer, though, you've only got a choice of four characters. I could yeah, be wrong. I think Spider Man shows up if you have a, if you get it on PlayStation. Eventually. Mm-hmm. No, I liked it. There was a couple little things I thought were weird. There was a few sequences and stuff that it cut it had like a hard cut and it was like you know sometimes you'll you'll be using something and you press a mm-hmm. button and it doesn't beep or it doesn't click in like real right. life mm-hmm. and you're like did that work mm-hmm. um uh it kind of had that feeling which is probably because it's a beta although it comes out in a couple weeks so i'm not sure uh i did find it very interesting because when you were playing as the hulk you'll like beat the hell out of these like aim car- aim guys like the mm-hmm. bad guys for aim and like you're slugging on them, and your your controller's vibrating, and they're not reacting to a punch that strong. Like I thought it was a little because they react exactly the same way as like when they're being kicked by Black Widow or something like that. You know, this is the Hulk who literally in a one scene you throw a ta- you throw a tank. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was a little weird, but obviously I understand fully well that you can't have Hulk punching people and them flying far away without having to unleash hundreds of villains onto him. Right. Um, but I think I will probably get it at some point, not day one. Uh, I'm also trying to finish up Spider-Man. So I, well, I mean, I never finished Spider-Man, but I may get this one relatively quickly after it's available. If I don't get it, you know, the opening opening weekend or whatever it's, I, I've enjoyed the beta enough that they've sold me on the game and I'll probably get it, you know, as mm-hmm. soon as I get around to it. Nice. Well, if you are planning on uh, getting a PlayStation 5 with that game, if you do purchase the PlayStation 4 version, you will get the PS5 version uh, when you upgrade. I did see that. And you'll get it for free. Yep, that is now, good. Now, mm-hmm. what I don't know is whether or not your progress will be saved or whether or not you'll have to start over from the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. I'd, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. That just, we shall see. I haven't played it yet, but, man, that looks like the uh, kind of game that you could... Um, there's, there's no graphics involved in a save file. The save file just is data. It's just data. Like you have this much energy at this point, 
and you have this many upgrades and stuff like that. So it's not hard to carry that stuff over if they want to. Upgrade. Yeah. Right, but but that being said, if if the PlayStation 5 basically transmits or receives data in a different manner than what the PlayStation 4 does. Because I mean it's the same thing with like the PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3, you couldn't you couldn't really transfer data over that way unless you had like a backwards compatible system. So if if they have a different a different processing structure, wouldn't that alter the ability to be able to just transfer files over like that? Uh, it's, I mean, you guys are the computer guys. I'm just asking. I'm not. I'm not a data structures guy. Yeah, I mean, for not at all. Usually, when that stuff happens, it's more on the graphical level. What they what things can handle. A lot of times, the overall infrastructure of the game changed in general when things got upgraded, like file types that they take, mm-hmm. and it made it. You know, so they would have to start from scratch to re- recreate the stuff. So I'm not sure about the save file. Um, we need a legion of angry video game people, like our research department. Uh, but our chat room that we have might eventually answer this, and we will get back with you guys. Excellent. Excellent. Now, all of that being said, there was actually another game that was released uh, fairly quietly, I think, but it blew up really big recently. The uh, the Fall Guys knockdown tournament or something? Uh, fuck that game. <laughs> fuck everything about that game <laughs> cannot yeah, when, play it when i when i started playing it i had the same attitude i'm like this game just isn't any fun f this shit because i was getting eliminated every round i'm like man this is stupid the the control makes me hate cute the con- well the problem with the game is, is the controls aren't super responsive so and i think they do that to just kind of like level the playing field a little bit um but once you learn how to do it, it gets a little bit easier to get through a couple of the uh, a couple of the levels. But for any of you who don't know, it's basically like a uh, I compared it to like an MXC uh, most most extreme elimination challenge from the nineties or whatever. Where I you basically thought it was like Wipeout. The yeah, the, well, the yeah, wi- Wipeout. Wipeout was essentially a ripoff of MXC. Uh, yeah, without MXC, there wouldn't be Wipeout for I've sure. Never heard right. Of Right. You've never seen MXC? Man, MXC is so much better than Wipeout. Dude. So much better than it's Wipeout. Called, um, it, it's called, it's a Japanese show. It was uh, Takeshi's Castle. Uh, and they brought it over to, it was like on Spike or, or G4. Yeah, I think and it was they Spike. had these two ridiculous announcers uh, do the... Um, dub it and it was just it was oh god i can't believe you've never seen it and i'm pretty sure what they're saying wasn't actually translated i think they were just making that shit up and it was hilarious so damn funny yep what was it on like spike or g4 right we just Uh, told spike yeah pay attention right where who are you (laughs) i didn't hear you say spike nice (laughs) i said it once (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna take this clip and cut it and put it like at the beginning and end Oh my god! Anyway, basically, you play kind of like like a shy guy character from Mario Brothers. And they look like you, little jelly beans. You, you just run through you just run through these obstacle courses, and the only the top certain percent or whatever moves on to the next level. So if you get eliminated, you back out. And you just start another tournament. But you can go all the way up. You earn stuff. You earn like rewards and whatnot. It's 
it take there's a bit of a learning curve once you get into it it's okay it's a lot more fun when you're playing with friends yeah i uh i'm pretty sure i played it somewhere about 60 times i never finished uh i uh in fact most of the times i was literally last because there was there was one round where like only 39 people got in like to the whole game mm-hmm. so th- and 38 people qualified and i was the only one that did <laughs> So they show this thing that at the end of each round that looks like the kind of the beginning of the Muppets with like all of the Muppet characters or Hollywood squares or whatever. And the one and the characters that don't qualify get like knocked off down like a little Plinko board. Mm-hmm. And I was the one was like, Plink! my one character fell. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> You're, like, right. You're admittedly not very good at video games. I'm good at some video games. Not that one. Yeah. Yeah. Also in news, I got my first 3D printer. Nice. Ooh. And I've been printing the shit out of this thing. <laughs> it's been going, it's literally been going nonstop for like the last week. Put it through its paces. Yep. And the, the only time it doesn't print is when we're recording because the, it's at, it's literally right here next to my computer. So I don't, I don't have it running while we're, while we're recording because you'd probably hear it on the mic. You can pause yours, can't you? I can, but I'm worried that that'll mess up the print. So I don't even I've done it a few times. Uh, Does it? We, it we works. Have the same brand. So oh, okay. So what brand is that, Jimmy? Why don't you tell him? That is a Creality, Creality. Mm-hmm. Um, however you want to say it. Uh, these are very affordable printers, and they are a very good quality. Uh, printed, Ender Three uh, Pro is yeah. the is the model that we have. Yep. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. If you're thinking about it, dude, there are so many things. People are like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to print, print everything. Yeah. And for those of you who are, who are worried about the technical aspects of getting into it, look, I am not very big on, on computer programming. I think Rob just shut his computer down again. I can't, where'd he go? (laughs) Screw you, Greg. (laughs) I'm He's not very big on on technology. Well, I mean, I love like the video games and stuff, but it's all pretty much plug and play. So I don't. I'm not very big in programming or anything like that. I've I've had a lot of fun with this thing. I've been I've been moving stuff over. There's there like the game. There's a bit of a learning curve because as stuff goes wrong, you need to figure out what it is. But eventually, you know, you do a little bit of research, you figure it out, and and you go on from there. And you know, I've had a couple of hiccups, but. Essentially, if you have a problem, if you look at it just as, oh, well, you know, I mean, I just lost a little bit of filament. That's pretty much it. And you fix the problem and then you move on. So. Yeah, and filament's so inexpensive now. I have one bit of news here. Uh, Very exciting. Uh, Something that we all kind of expected, but it's happening sooner than later. On October 19th of this year. We will have six more episodes of the new Unsolved Mysteries series. Ooh. Which I just finished the last one from the kind of, uh, I guess, first season of the reboot. And, uh, God, you know, we we talked about it a little bit. They're just so heartbreaking. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully this is going to lead to... There there have been so many leads for these cases, but um, hopefully this will lead to some answers for these mysteries and for the families 
the new season will include a ghost episode. Yeah. Hmm. Like me some ghosts. Yep. Or is it ghost? <laughs> like me some ghosts. Um, gentlemen, is that all we have for news? Oh, so. also, oh. Uh, Lucifer Season 5 comes out this weekend. Thank yeah. you, Discord chat. Yes. Exciting. Now, that brings us to our segment that we do on Side A every week. That is WTF. And that stands for... Goddamn Florida's embarrassing. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, welcome to Florida. Well, welcome to Florida. Now, this story features one Daniel Albert Neja, and uh, I'm I, I'm not really embarrassed by this because uh, he he found an opportunity here uh, during the uh, this crisis that we're all in, and he uh, well, Mr. Daniel, he shacked up in Al Lang Stadium. <laughs> I saw this story. In Tampa Bay. What? He's a, he's a genius. Two weeks, Mr. Neja made his home at Al Lang Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Rowdies Soccer Club. Now, yep. you remember the very first episode of Warrior Nun, where she. Uh, decks herself out in soccer gear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because she has uh, came across a, a team store. Well, that's exactly what Mister Neja did. <laughs> yep. Now, he broke into the team store. He broke into the stadium. Lived there for two weeks. He's a homeless guy. Well, he's a homeless. Not that. Not those two weeks. He wasn't. No, he made himself quite at home. Uh, he stole up to $1,000 worth of, of merchandise, a couple hundred dollars worth of food items. But can you really blame him? That's probably the best two weeks he's had in a long time. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, he, you know, hey, good on you. I ain't mad at you. No. <laughs> you go, boy. <laughs> Look, it's it's illegal, but... We all have seen minor league teams, soccer, baseball, whatever, do crazy events to try to bring people. This actually made me realize that there was a minor league soccer team in Tampa. Yeah, not that far away. That too. Yeah. If they wanted to do something good, they probably could. Well, I'm assuming they're not going to press charges. I don't see any reason to do it. But, you know, help this dude get back on his feet. Give him an opportunity to, to work things off and maybe help him out. I think that'd be kind of a cool cool little thing. He was like living in a press box or uh, he was living in one of like the luxury boxes. And I guess someone was there and just happened to like see a light on or saw him. and was like, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) No one else is supposed to be here. Like a security guard Mm -hmm. and and went and tracked him down. But you know, I've, I've seen weirder events at minor league games, like a, you know, a pierogi run or like, you know, beat up a dude with a wiffle ball bat. At, on the second baseline or something, you know, like this weird crap to get people to come to the games. And yeah. I think that helping out this dude, he should be the, he should be the new face of the team. That's what I'm saying. He should be. And like you said, man, uh, you know, give this guy the opportunity to give the man a job. Uh, he yeah. obviously loves the Tampa Bay Rowdies of the USL, 
uh, or or not selling popcorn. Still, yeah, yeah, you know this uh, this could turn into a good story. On checking right now, I don't see anything, but uh, hopefully, um, hopefully they will. So, yeah. good point, sir. That's what I got. Welcome to Florida. Have yourself a ball. Well, we are a charitable group, guys. Yep. We want to help homeless people that break into stadiums and eat popcorn and steal soccer jerseys. And we hope that some of our listeners are charitable. See that? Yet again. Segway. Uh, we hope some of our you guys Segway's are charitable dead. as well. <laughs> Stop it. Stop killing I killed you. it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is John Williams still alive? He's still Stop. alive. Oh, good. All right. Playing with fire. <laughs> Anyway, we hope some of our listeners are charitable. Uh, at least Jimmy and I do. Rob, we're not sure about. Uh, but we have started a Patreon. We have, and, yes. And it is a lot of fun. You know, we've gotten the opportunity to chat with our listeners on our Discord. Uh, we've gotten a chance to have people bring up new movies and ask questions, like give me five questions. We've We had someone just last week invited us to actually... Re- uh, review a good movie, which I'm still not sure what I feel so, about that. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great learning experience. <laughs> no, it was, it was actually very fun. Uh, so we got to review Jaws and do like a fully curated episode by a listener. So our Patreon, it is just $5 a month. And you guys can have all of these things. You get part of, to be part of our chat. Uh, you get to see what the movie, you know, you don't have to actually chat in there, but you can. Uh, you can figure out what movie we're reviewing. We can get early access to the top five list. We'll do a special top five birthday list about you when your birthday comes around. It will be oh, yeah. completely inaccurate. Uh, we Totally hope offensive. It's going to be completely inaccurate. We hope that it's inaccurate because it will be offensive. And if any of those things are true, uh, we're proud to have you aboard. Yeah. Uh, There's a statute of limitations there. Yeah. If you come yeah. in, your birthday was nine months ago. Wait three months, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, patreon.com slash gibby5podcast. I have seen the number of listeners in Austria. No, was it Austria? No, it was. It switched. Was it? I thought you said it was like Belgium. It was Austria. It was Belgium. It was Belgium. Belgium, yeah. Now, I've seen the number of listeners in Belgium. None of you guys have commented yet. We're waiting on you. Also, our next patron... Gets Jimmy's copy of the three worst shark movies ever made on one DVD. That's right. You could buy you could buy that for five dollars, or you could donate five dollars to us and, and get, then cancel it after a month. I don't give a shit. Get yeah. this and thing then get out of my the house. Three worst. <laughs> wow. Get the, Responsible get three for terrible shark movies. Lots of weird things happening around here. I'm convinced. <laughs> sharks. I'm convinced. So thank you for listening, and here and that is our patron stuff. Yes, and that brings us to our first topic of the evening. Greg, why don't you and I go ahead and talk about our book? Exactly what I was going to do. Exactly what I wanted. We will close out strong on something that we've all uh, experienced. Now, Rob, I'm sorry. I'm assuming that you have not read the book that we're discussing. I have not. Okay. Uh, That book, of course, is going to be the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Now, we've talked about this author previously. Uh, He is the author Grady Hendrix. He he wrote My Best Friend's Exorcism, which led to our discussion of what that shit was that? Evil Best Friend or 
Deadly Friend. Deadly Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, this book was released on April 7th of this year. Guys, I've read a book that came out this year. Oh, my God. Yep. And I wouldn't have known about this book if it wasn't for Greg and if it wasn't for our friends at Trick or Treat Radio. Mm-hmm. Now, we will discuss this briefly, of course, but you can check out our friends Trick or Treat Radio, episode number 407. They actually interviewed the author, Grady Hendricks. So show Yeah, I wanted to over. interview the author because I know that he's he does that. He's one of those people that will put up on his thing that he likes doing interviews with podcasts. And then I saw they did it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to like immediately do it right after them. Yeah. Those so are all homies. So yeah. Um, they inspired this podcast in a way. So yeah. uh, definitely trick or treat radio. Check those fellas out. Funny, funny stuff. Now this book, the synopsis is uh, fried green tomatoes and steel magnolias meet Dracula in this southern flavored supernatural thriller set in the 90s about a woman's book club that must protect its suburban community and their children, their families, from a mysterious and handsome stranger who turns out to be a blood sucking fiend. Ooh. I got through that almost without messing up. <laughs> almost which is so funny because the name james harris in some way or another has popped up so many times recently after reading this book this is a book i was talking about last week where you'll uh lay down your reading you kind of come across something you make you tuck your foot back under the covers uh this book definitely had some of those moments for me um if you've read my best friend's exorcism or his other novel horror store. He has a couple of more as well, but it's a very fun, uh, hard to put down kind of read. Greg, what did you think? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm going to, I very much like this. He is a really good writer. Yeah. 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 And so this is, I, you know, we've kind of been doing the loved it, hated it thing. Um, I think for the loved it, uh, the writing style, like I was, I really liked my best friend's exorcism and I liked the time period it took place in yep. the Southern book club thing. I'm not a big fan of Southern culture, like Southern. Oh, my stars type culture. Yeah. Like it's never, it has never appealed to me. I've been around it a lot and it just frustrates me because as soon as the person they're being all polite to walks away in real life, yeah, they're complete assholes about them. Like, Mm. You're like, oh, come, come here, have some potato salad. And then they leave. And they're like, would you believe that she has a black friend? And like, these are real sta- statements. And I'm like, oh my god, like this is what Southern hospitality is. Yep, yep. So, Southern culture drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. So I was, so it took actually, I had this book a little while before I started reading it. Southern but I really liked culture. it. Sure, go ahead and say it. Southern white, Southern white culture. Yeah, debutantes and uh, debutantes. Yeah, like that. And country clubs and shit. Yeah, I, I know what you're yeah. saying. Um, but when I really got into it, the, the writing style is really good. He, he, I would not, I don't know much about him, but he is a very good, he's very good at understanding people and understanding yeah. details Sure, and it shows. He takes that and turns it, turns it on its head. Yeah. And it's really good because the, the one thing I thought was interesting is like, you know, I lived the nineties and there's they certain, there. 
I did. I, I lived the nineties actually more than I lived the eighties. Really, you know, I, mean, I lived shit. all the eighties, but <laughs> I have more than enough flannels in my closet, sir, to let you know that I definitely God, survived the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just messing so with you. making a vampire joke, but eighteen nineties. <laughs> You're the anyway. So he, uh, the writer, like he doesn't do the thing that other writers that reference the 80s and 90s do where everything has to be a reference it's not like the vampire came in and ripped down my nirvana poster yep and then threw a beanie baby across the room like that doesn't happen which i love yeah but but for example the 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 female characters in the thing they are doing the book club thing and all of them start mentioning like the self-help books but i remember all those self-help books always becoming popular around that time because Oprah would say something and everyone would do it. And then it would be on the front counter of every store. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just those little tiny hints that you're like, okay, this person did his research and lived it and paid attention. For sure. Even and the, there was uh, no overt references, which I thought was great. Yeah, you're right. And I love the, uh, the descriptions of the clothing, uh, mm-hmm. specifically Kitty. Uh, she's a, a bit of a flamboyant character. I always picture her. I, I just, the character in this book, I always picture her as Blanche from Gold. Yep, Girl I was just going to say that. Young Blanche. Yeah. Um, not quite as uh, promiscuous, I guess. But it, he he describes her clothing as this, like, kind of over-the-top sequin. And what he's describing is ugly sweaters before they became ugly sweaters. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, a thing born out of the 90s. And it's just, you know... Um, yeah, you, you're right on the money with that. You, I, I, aside from those little things, the only indication of when it takes place is at the beginning of different parts of the book. It'll say so and so, 1993, 1996, 1999. Yeah, and then that's all you need. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it. It does that, and we haven't even talked about like the monster. Uh, he has a very good, ha- good way of creating these monsters that are believable and have reasons. Just like uh, back to one of our episodes again, the ro- episode Rob had the question of like mechanics that make things work, like the dragons. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. we did. Yeah, like he has. He basically describes Life this vampire character. <laughs> you guys me. know you loved that show. Hell yeah, shit! It's fun as hell. He, he uh, describes the vampires as like they have like a blood disease and they basically run their blood through humans to clean it. So humans are really like a dialysis machine yeah. for yeah. for the vampires, which my dad was on dialysis. So that made a lot of sense to me. First of all, second of all, it was just a really cool way of doing it. Um, and it, it it was an interesting take on something that has been done thousands of times. So I very much like this book. Um yeah, uh, ooh, without giving too much away, it's a uh, it, it's written also in a way that very much makes sense for his victims as well, um, mm-hmm. because they they the, the they term don't... the term I know what you're looking for is the less dead, yeah, which is a term in true crime and that the that people that are detectives tend to use that. You know, when when certain people disappear, uh, prostitutes, kids from four families, things like that, they don't get on the news quite as much. 
Mm-hmm. And that's yep. basically what the vampire is preying on. Yeah. That's how some a lot of the main serial killers have been able to work for as long as they have, because they're like, oh, this serial killer killed 30 gay prostitutes, and no one seemed to bother looking for him. Like, uh, well, Dahmer wasn't killing prostitutes, but he was killing gay teenagers. So, yeah. um, oh, they were just a runaway. It's fine. Yeah. A, a lot of this, um, a, a lot of this was very poltergeist for me hmm. in the like land development access, ac- uh, aspect oh, yeah. of it. Um, there was a lot of it in there, but it was like the losers club were middle-aged women with children. Yeah. Um, with all, all different personalities and just each personality was so well written. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, is there anything you uh, didn't like? I didn't quite understand the end. Um, the, the thing that I, I loved about it was, it was a new take on an old legend. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he does this great thing where he writes the ends of his his novels like at least the two that I've read, like the end of a movie from the 80s, or early 90s, where it's like Johnny went on to become the king of the prom and blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam went on to fight in the war and he came back and he's an alcoholic now and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. This had a really weird, like it brought back a character that you completely forgot about. But, and I think that was a way for him to thank the people in his life. But I was just, I like closed the book and I was like, what? But that's a very, like that has nothing to do with the story. I mean, I'm just being picky there. There's also a, an animal that I didn't need to know all that. Like that just made me sad at the end of the book. Yeah. that Well, he, there's something with animals in him. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. That one. And this one, let me shit, man, leave the dogs alone. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I have now read, as we mentioned, two of his books, I'm going to eventually get horror store, which is, I think I might actually get that tonight. Yeah. And yeah, but here, here's this is so this is going to sound like a bigger complaint than it really is, but it will be a bigger complaint when the next book comes out if the same thing happens. Uh, his books, I've noticed, at least the two I've read, follow the same pattern. So it starts off with it takes a while, like you really get to know the characters, which is fine, and then something happens and it's a unique way of showing something. Great, cool. You know, the be- my best friend's exorcism had what like an eating disorder kind of thing, and the the girl's personality changed, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the proboscis, the vampire thing in this book. So, okay, unique thing. And then it immediately, and then almost immediately afterwards, no one ends up believing the main character about it, and their entire life crashes to the ground as a result. And then years go by, and then years go by, and and that happened in both books. Yeah, it sure did. And yeah. then the person either comes back and convinces other people to help them defeat the bad guy, beat the story, do whatever, which I'm like, okay. And that happened in both books. So they, you know, got people to attack the vampire, got an exorcist, whatever. And then the end of the book, it jumps forward many years and you almost, you see the rest of the person's life, which is really, which is fine for one book. 
a little concerning for two books, and I really hope it doesn't happen. Right. In the third that's book. what. I, yeah. That's what when I when I say that he ends his books in a very nostalgic way. It's like you can't do that for every book. Like that mm-hmm. works on like a film here and there, I guess. But yeah, I didn't. It, I didn't need to see the rest of that dog's life, man. Yeah, like a, a book. Like uh, there's a difference between a TV show and a movie, like a TV show that's like a cop, a cop procedural. You kind of understand that every single week you're going to get an hour. That's the first person they arrest isn't going to be the person that did the crime. And then they're going to find the person that actually did it. And it's going to be the same thing over and over again. And that's fine. But a book, it seems more like a movie because it takes longer to come out. It's a longer time you're spending with it. And I don't want it to act like, I don't want his books to act like procedurals. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but other than that, I've, I've, I did enjoy it, and I, of course, will read the next book. Absolutely. I'm going to go back and read another one of his books. So Let me know. I will. Absolutely. I believe that brings us to our uh, movie for side A. And that movie is going to be We Summon the Darkness. Yeah, we do. Meow, meow, meow. That was not Greg meowing. Uh, it sounded it, like it was. Yeah. Uh, I was throwing up the horns. Yeah, I could, I could only tell that he wasn't hysterically meowing because he was uh, rocking out. As the All right, meow. Say. Movie was released on December 13th of 2019. Box office-wise, it did not do very well. Was this in the theaters? Hmm. It may have been. I don't remember ever seeing it come out in the theaters. And that seems like a really weird time for a movie like this to come out. If it, if it in fact did, because that's Christmas yeah. season. If it, that is full blown Christmas season yeah, at that point. If it did, not many people saw it. I had been excited about it because I know it came on demand um, shortly after that. And I just never got around to seeing it. Um, but it is now available on Netflix. It is directed by Mark Myers, starring Alexandra Daddario, Keenan Johnson, Maddie Hassan from uh, She Was Chloe in God Bless America, which is an absolutely fantastic movie, and Johnny Knoxville as an evangelical uh, televangelist. This movie is about three best friends who embark on a road trip to a heavy metal show where they bond with three aspiring musicians and head off to one of the girls' country homes for an after party. That's a, without giving too much away. And now we're going to give it all away. Give it away. Yeah, that is true. Give it away. We're totally good. Give it away now. This is going to get spoiled. Okay, so real quick, uh, it was um it was released on the the circuit like the uh the film circuit like the independent shows and things like that okay so it wasn't like a wide release movie that came out yeah like mammoth film festival the film festival circuit that's what i was trying to say scream fest fright fest so it did that it did um just at those festivals it did about looks like thank you pop-up ad blocking my thing uh in the united states about sixty thousand dollars uh but worldwide it did obviously better like one hundred and forty thousand dollars. then of course the rights were purchased 
by Netflix, and uh, it ended up it was in the top ten this week, which means uh, quite a bit. So that's pretty cool. It got yeah. a lot of exposure, anyway. Yes. So let, let's get into this thing. I I I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, it felt it felt like home. <laughs> it felt authentic. Um, yep. As far as as far as heavy metal is concerned, and as far as heavy metal at the time, um, uh, certainly more authentic than a film that we will discuss on side B. <laughs> so, and, and for me, it had a, a an interesting take on the reasons behind the Satanic Panic, which is uh, the period when this movie took place. Eh. It was it was okay. Um, I, I I agree with you, Jimmy. It did in fact have some interesting reasoning behind the movie, which was pretty much its its only redeeming factor for me because this movie wasn't terribly scary, and it wasn't terribly funny. So it didn't really fall into that into that hilarious horror category. And it didn't really fall into that scary horror category. It was just kind of there. It, you know, it was, and there, there wasn't really a whole lot to actually keep you into this movie other than the fact that, Oh, okay. That's what they're doing. That's actually kind of interesting. But other than that, it was, eh, Okay. Now that brings me to the thing that I, uh, the thing that if I have to say I hated about this movie is, uh, just exactly what you said, only differently. I, uh, I say that it may have taken itself a bit too seriously, especially for having Johnny Knoxville in it. Yeah. Uh, and it could have been funnier. There were so many, there were a lot of moments in this movie where it could have been funnier. And, and this was the type of movie that this movie did not need to be scary. This did not need to be like a scary horror movie, but this movie would have benefited greatly from adding some comedy. Am I right? We're demons. Well, let's the, the director was Mac Myers. And I think mm -hmm. at least one of us watched Mark, his, uh, Mark Myers. Is it Mark? Uh, okay. I guess I typed that wrong. Uh, Mark Myers. Uh, his other movie that we, I think we covered was my friend Dahmer. Yeah, it's not exactly a a feel good movie, so it definitely has that dour thing. Very I, like I do even, yeah. Whole... Where I do think that maybe uh, whoever directed, uh, the, oh shit, I, I I'm nailing certain things, but I don't remember directed the name. Directed the milkshake. Yes, no, directed uh, uh, the redneck movie that you love, Rob. Tucker and Dale versus yeah, Evil. Thank you. I was trying. I was. I knew it wasn't Chuck, but I wanted to say Chuck, but it was Tucker. Yeah, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, where it's got, where it's funny and crazy, but it's still not silly. Right. And 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 this movie, like I said, really could have benefited from that simply because it was already kind of an out there premise, and the comedy, if it had been inserted into this movie, would not have been out of place for what was actually going on. If you understand, if you, if you understand what I'm saying, mm -hmm. it just, it, it was just missing something for me. Cause a lot of times when they do like a heavy metal movie or a teenage movie or a punk movie or a skater movie or anything like that, and they try to put in comedy, mm -hmm. it's a mistake because it's mm -hmm. comedy written by 40 year old Jewish guys. 
mm-hmm. trying to be 16 year old metalheads or 16 year old skaters. But and that right. is a mistake. Conversely, I mean, obviously, I think the director is either very well researched or, or a heavy metal fan. It was the writer. And they could have probably inserted some kind of heavy metal humor in there. But then again, that might not have appealed to a wider audience. Um, so there, you know, there was, when I say authentic, there was some, I mean, I guess this movie takes place a month before Injustice for All came out. Yeah, uh, this, uh, this was written by, uh, this was the first Cal. thing that the guy wrote. Yeah. First thing the guy wrote, got written by a guy named Alan Trezza. So that's actually impressive. So that might, that might've been something that he toned down because for a, for a first time writing, that's actually pretty good. Um, the movie itself, as Jimmy has stepped away to deal with the terrier situation, um, this movie was based a little bit on a, a, a documentary from the eighties called, uh, rock and roll parking lot or heavy metal parking lot, mm-hmm. which was, which took place at a, uh, oh, yeah, parking lot. Judas yeah, priest yeah. concert. So that's really kind of, that's, you see that in this, in this movie and that's sort of what inspired it, but the one thing, so there, there's a twist. Let's just go ahead and talk about the twist right now. Yep. So, so. Uh, for the next two minutes, guys, if you haven't seen this, jump ahead. Uh, but yep. the twist, so you, a bunch of girls, they go to a concert. They meet up with three guys. There's background conversation, news reports, things like that about three people that were murdered by Satanists. And after the concert, they go somewhere. You kind of expect them to all be hunted by by Satanists. But it turns out that the girls are the Satanists that killed people, right? Right. right. And, also... But they're not at, but they're not Satanists. No, 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 yeah. But that's the other thing. They're not Satanists. What they what they are, the other thing that you see a lot is a preacher that you see on TV, on billboards, posters, whatever, that is, you know, trying he's one of those uh like televangelist types mm-hmm. who's Johnny Knoxville. And you find out later on that he is in fact the father of two of the girls and one. one. He, oh, it's one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, and then kind of adopted the others as like runaways, and he's basically in a way having them kill people to drive people to his church. So that's the the background story here. But they're not the ones responsible for all the murders, right? It's it's like a it's like a um, I want to say cult. It's not it's not cult. It's a uh, like an or, an organization. They they've organized this so they're doing it all over the country, and they're basically taking turns. They're like, oh well, you know, last week it was this it, it was this group. Now it's our turn, and we have to do this and blah blah yeah. blah. So they can spread it out. And the idea is is that. It will cause a panic and drive the the citizens of the country to look for religion and drive them basically into the arms of her father, basically. Mm-hmm. And ultimately so, give him money. Right. Yeah, which is what it's all about. So that that's kind of the, the background there. Now, we all figured this out at different times uh, before the movie actually told us. Um, somehow I managed to figure it out early. And I only say this because it usually doesn't happen that way. Uh, they, but they did telegraph the shit out of this because they, I think all of us figured it out before it actually ha- before it actually was revealed. I think so. Well, yeah, like so when did you figure it out? Rob, you told me earlier. Um I figured out that they were the ones doing the killing when or my guess, I was like, "Oh, well they're the ones doing the killing." I guessed that they were the ones doing the killing when they corrected the three musician guys on how many deaths there were. Okay. 
about 15, 20 minutes in. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're the killers. And I didn't realize that she was the televangelist daughter until they pulled up to the giant house. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, this is my house. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, my, I figured it out very, a little bit before then when they stop at a gas station because something happens and the, the yeah, gas that's station... that's like the first, the first scene in the movie. Yeah, like the gas station person, first of all, he has the televangelist on TV. And right. she does it, and the one girl that's actually his daughter does a prolonged look at it. And then the gas station owner says something along the lines of, you girls are good girls. Don't get caught up in this stuff or says something like that. You seem like nice girls is all. And they all kind of give him a look and the one pops her head over. And I was just like, uh, they're not nice people. They're, they're going to be bad. However, however, whatever the bad is that's happening, that's going to be devious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I knew very little about this movie going in. So it did not ruin my enjoyment of the movie, but it was something I figured out early. Now, I wanted to bring that up early because there's a part I wanted to, <laughs> to talk about probably longer than I should, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, the milkshake. Uh, it brings all the boys to the yard. Damn right. right. It's better than yours. Right. I, I thought this was good. I got I thought this milkshake scene and the the what happens afterwards was actually good filmmaking and good film writing. Because what happens is they're driving down the street. And a, a van drives by of crazy whatever metalheads, and they mm-hmm. something gets thrown out of the car. It smashes on the window, uh, and they, they of course stop because they can't see. And you know, the, there's one girl that apparently has to pee. She had a small bladder, like all the time. She's got yeah. Pee. I thought she was going to hit by a car when she's like standing in the middle of this like highway, like stomping her feet and saying she has to pee and stuff, but. So these girls went from me kind of thinking they were the murderers early on to something happens to them that they become the victims. And when they went from being like badass metalheads to, oh, crap, these were victims. Someone threw something at us. I was like, okay, maybe they aren't. And then they meet the people that actually did it at the concert. And there's a little conversation back and forth with like, well, should we hang out with these guys? Another kind of losers, et cetera, et cetera. And that really throws you off the case. So I thought that that aspect of it and especially the way they were written, they all had very legitimate sounding conversations. Like you could tell the girls knew each other for a while. The mm-hmm. dudes actually sounded like a bunch of guys that were in a band where the one of them is going to be leaving. I thought that script writing was really, really good. And as Jimmy said, it was very authentic because it was like, I've been, I've been in that parking lot a million times and heard those exact conversations. So that's, you know, that, that scene actually sold me on the movie and mm-hmm. kept, yeah. and, and carried me through it. Who uh, was it not... in the car that they were like, Oh, so-and-so. And the one character said, who is that? And they were like, what? He's the blah, blah, blah. In the, in the van? Remember, yeah. Or... No, when they were driving. Um, I'm not sure. That was the part where I was like, this ain't, this ain't right. They're supposed to be metalheads and they don't know who this person is. Oh, it was a oh, it was an eighties actor. It was uh, they said he was hot. Oh, um, uh, it was uh, Judd Nelson. Shit. Yeah. It was yeah. Judd. I was like, wait a minute. You know who's that? Well, wait. It, that could actually that could make sense though, because depending on who said it, if they grew up in a religious household, they probably didn't see movies that he was in. Yeah, exactly. So I was like. Hmm? So that- how do you not know who Judd Nelson is in the 80s? I thought it was the runaway girl who asked who Judd Nelson was. 
I said it was one of them. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, true. So I thought she she was kind of adopted into that, right? Yeah. But anyway, so let uh, yeah, they go to the part this parking lot thing. They they do that. Well, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rock concert, and the the it's funny because like that whole sequence is not very long. Like the actual concert itself. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, I'm, we're at the concert and we're I done. I wanted more of yeah. that. I wanted yeah. dudes puking on each other and stuff. <laughs> He's into that. Yeah. So, and then of course they go to this big house party and, and that's when things go south real quick. Uh, so what you got, guys? I mean, this... This is where the shit could have been funny, and it it just wasn't. You know they they could have they could have introduced some some comedy here, and they've missed some opportunities. Um, but essentially, I mean, kind of everybody dies. Everybody involved except for two people kind of bite the dust, and you know I'm really not invested in the outcome because they didn't. I don't know. I I didn't. F- I mean, I don't want to say that they didn't develop any of the characters because they kind of did, but you know, it really wasn't. I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't. I wasn't feeling it. And the 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 only two characters that, that that had any development were the ones who survived, obviously. Yeah, and I I think kind of differently for me. They they things went from zero to a hundred pretty quickly. When uh, one character got stabbed in the neck, which still makes me ugh. that that was not a good ending. I love the injection of the coked out '80s mom. Yes, she comes back in. So I can get my passport. She's all freaking out. She's dude, your mom has coke boogers. Um, <laughs> and then uh, get immediately stabbed. But like Rob was saying, there there was the. Uh, Seeing the extended scene where the two uh, young men are trapped in the closet, that just went on way too long for me. And and almost mm-hmm. when I thought that oh, I can't take it anymore, a cop showed up and there was this kind of fun back and forth. And then the mom showed up and I was like, okay, kind of kind of saved itself for me. But yeah, um, uh, well, yeah, I think the mom, the mom shows up, the cop shows up, gets yeah. killed, and then there's like then the dad shows up. There's a great use of a uh, uh, an, uh, a, a weapon you wouldn't consider it was a boat motor um, that was a lot of fun carrying that around like some kind of weapon like a weed whacker when they're, when they're sitting around outside the the fire and having conversations the conversations were this is where I like back to the like legitimate the conversations were talking about Metallica and Cliff being gone and they're like, who's the guy that's taking over? And you kind of forget like now, well, most people that are into that music know, but you had to wait for the next magazine to come out back then to know any of this stuff or maybe catch it on MTV. So yeah, I, f- I found that actually kind of a, like, it was one, a legit conversation, but that's when I was kind of like, well, what's going to happen? Cause they kept on kind of showing the woods behind where they were. It's like, okay, something come out. I thought it was going to come out people in robes and shit. Yeah. Like, in the back of my mind, because you don't know, like I thought what I thought was going to happen, but maybe it was a, a double twist or something. Um, and of course, there's the like this. All of a sudden, the conversation turns to sex, and they're like, "We're not going to have sex with you." 
and then it gets like really bloody really quick. Um, I did. Uh, I also thought that the closet scene it ran long, but it at the same time, usually when something runs long, you're like, okay, they would have kicked down the door by now, or this would have happened, or that would have happened. Some of the aspect, some aspects of it actually were sort of believable, but visually, okay, it's thirty minutes. Get out of there. <laughs> Um, you could probably overpower these two girls. You're stronger than them. Uh, you, there's probably enough weapons to, in there. So like that, that I thought was a little well, yeah, ridiculous. But... Spraying fire from a like roach bottle under the thing. And they're like, oh my God. I'm like, what are y'all demons? Are you scared of fire or something? You could have got through that. Yeah. It wasn't even a lot of fire. Yeah. So here's but... one of my big problems with the movie. And, and it's it's just it's just oh shit it's just one little thing that that I'm like no no wait a minute because they were staging all of this shit right they're staging the, the it girls. to look like yeah they're yeah. staging it to look like satanic panic basically they're not satanists themselves correct true why in the hell was one of their rooms in their house decorated like a freaking Satanist. Well, because they did that was, to when they found the bodies afterwards. They weren't going to leave the bodies at the house. Remember, the dad came home and was like, this is our home. What are you doing? You messed it up here. Blah, so, blah, so blah, the girls blah, were blah. dumb. But yeah, you're right. I was wondering that too. I was like, wait, they're supposed to be religious, not Satanists. Right. But they have they, the, the, the special room, which also was like in the, it looked fairly open. Like you could technically see into that room from outside from the of the outside. house, yeah. Right, and it had like sh- like spray painted Satan stuff all over the walls. Yeah, yeah and that I, was actually the way I decorated my kid's room when he was born. Like that was his baby room. He had like a little mobile over his bed with like ram skulls. It was very nice. Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I was like, okay, so they've they've kind of missed here that you know if. It it just wasn't supposed to. There there was a lot I think that went on that wasn't supposed to go on in this mm-hmm. movie, and yeah, it all just contributed to it not so when, being. When when Johnny Knoxville shows up as the the preacher, here's I think the where you said things could have been funnier. I think Johnny Knoxville could have been way more over the top. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of angry father. Like if he was saying something different, it would have been, you know, if it was just like, you wrecked my car. It was like, you killed a cop. Like he could have been over the top, super religious, uh, like, you know, any of the, the televangelists that we know of today. And I would have liked to see him do go full Johnny Knoxville on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was a missed opportunity. If you're going to spend the money to get a Johnny Knoxville, let him be who he is. Yeah. So that was that was really my only real complaint. But as I said before, overall, um, I did enjoy it. I thought this movie would actually have been kind of fun in the theater. Yeah, I think it would have been fun, especially if you went with uh, a couple of friends who were like real into heavy metal and you all had your mm-hmm. battle jackets and patches and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And of course, it did uh, reference the Satanic Panic, which was a big thing in the eighties. If you guys don't know, we've talked about it a bunch of times on the show, but it was kind of a whole thing about 
you know, devil worshippers all over across the country, which is basically what they're getting at with this. You know, and they're conspiring to breed babies and do terrible things and slaughter them for Satan and do sacrifices and pentagrams and goats and uh, whatever. <laughs> and like, there's even a a show on. I found I actually found a clip of it on uh, October 24th of 1988 when this is set by Geraldo Rivera of now Fox News fame. Uh, yeah, that motherfucker called... is responsible for most of the hysteria uh, created in this by, country. The, by, well, by the satanic panic, not in the entire yeah. country for everything, but devil worship exposing Satan's underground. And like, it's just like, he like said all the stuff. There's people still in jail for this that were just metalheads mm-hmm. that did nothing. Maybe got arrested for some drugs in the eighties, but because it was a small town that they get arrested in. So, um, I I enjoyed this. I it was a fun watch. It actually put me in the mood for the other movie we watched. Um, unlike watching three of the worst shark movies ever, fucker. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Been a long time before I watch another shark movie. Which was you know my palate was cleansed by Jaws, but yeah, still not. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so definitely on that front, I recommend it. It was a absolutely. Yeah. It's on Netflix. I think you should watch it, especially if you're a metal fan or a, it's not terrifying, mm-hmm. but you know, a, a suspenseful horror fan. If you've got nothing else to watch, go for it. But uh, I mean, it, there, there just wasn't enough there for me to be, for me to recommend it for me to be like, Oh my God, this was great. You got to watch this movie. No, I, mm-mm. if you've got nothing else to do, sure. But otherwise, it's just eh. if the names Cliff Burton or Jason Newstead make you raise your eyebrows, you'll probably enjoy it. That's yeah, that would be it. Nice. Well, that I believe is side uh, side A. Yes, sir, that'll do it for side A. And I don't know what else to say right here. Well, I, I will say that if you'd like to reach out, ask us any questions. Or give us any ideas for any future shows. You can reach us at at uh, GiveMe5Podcast.com. You can email us directly, GiveMe5Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GiveMe5Pod. And as always, guys, that is F-I-V-E, not the number five. And if you would, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out. It helps other people find us. Also, hey, merch, we've got it. If you're looking for any of that cool Give Me 5 podcast swag, you can find it at givemefivepodcast.threadless.com. We've got some great designs up there. Greg put out a G.I. Joe design recently that I really love. Uh, we've also got a, uh, a blockbuster style design that, that has been fairly popular as well. So check it out. And then, of course, there's our regular Give Me Five podcast logo. We are adding stuff uh, when we can. Original mm-hmm. designs. So that that kind of stuff takes a little while, but uh, there's some very cool stuff on there. Guess what happens next week? You know what we're talking about? What are we talking about next week? I have no idea. On, on Monday, when, they, when people tune in to the Give Me Five podcast for Monday Side B episode. What? We're talk about this movie called Black Black Roses. Roses. What? Never heard of it. What is that? 
I don't know. Which Other than sucks flowers. Because we're literally talking about it in five minutes. So tune in on Monday. Check out the other heavy metal movie of the week, Black Roses, and of course our Give Me Five podcast question of the week. Thank you for listening, Cleveland. Rock on, Chicago.